I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Nashville in the United States. She's the Chief Revenue Officer and Partner. Uh, she is in her current year, uh, sorry, her second year as an MVP. She's had over 20 years of experience with Microsoft Dynamics, and she's been involved in over 100 implementations. That's pretty phenomenal. You can find her on Twitter at one Sharon Mullen one and her blog, SharonMullenMSFT.com. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to have you on. And and you make the third person now that I have interviewed around your great podcast. Tell us a bit about that podcast from your point of view. Yeah, we started, um, Mary Kristen and I started a Women in Tech uh, series, live series, uh, gosh, a year ago in December. And really, we started that because uh, Steve Endo, who's also a Microsoft MVP of business applications, had made a mention that at MVP Summit, there just wasn't a lot of women. Um, and so we had, you know, a big disparity of women versus men. And he felt like he needed to fill that void. Um, so when all three of us who are actually really good friends got nominated, you know, we thought, how do we get more women to do this? How do we inspire them to do this? And uh, it's not an easy chore being a girl and, and being an MVP because it's a lot of free work, which, you know, <laughs> we're not being paid to do this podcast. Um, and so when you're not paid, you know, and, and you already have a family, it's very hard. So we started tackling just very difficult uh, topics that, you know, women MVP would run into. Um, and that also just kind of inspiring people to blog and work through workplace issues and you know, we've done some some women rights. We've done some things like how to create social media, um, how to blog, topics like that. So it's been really good. We've had a lot of really good feedback um, from girls who want to be MVPs, and then just people around the world that are in tech um, that are like, "This is a really good topic at hit home." I love it. So good. So good. So tell us a bit about you. Tell us a bit about um, what you do, your family, and, and when I say what you do, what you do when you're not doing tech. Um, you know, what, what, what's going on in your world? Yeah. So, um, last year in May, I joined Accelerant, um, as a partner and, uh, started a dynamics practice. So, uh, the last almost 365 days have been a lot of work on this. Um, that's, <laughs> uh, one thing to be an MVP and to be in the conference circuit and teaching, um, for free. And then also I'm doing this during the day, running a team, running projects and, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty busy. But outside of that, I love to travel. 
Um, many people follow me and they're always like, you're somewhere, you're always somewhere. A lot of the trips are for work, but also I just love to travel for fun. Um, so I'm taking my two boys, I have two teenage boys, to Europe for uh, almost three weeks this summer. And we're going to go travel around. And, um, you know, if I'm not traveling, I'm hanging out with my my kids usually and uh, and then binge watching you know, dumb TV because that helps me, <laughs> <laughs> helps me feel better about my life. But uh, these days I'm, I'm honestly working 60 to 80 hours a week. So there's not a lot of fun time, um, but I'm hoping, you know, one day I'll be able to enjoy that and have some fun time, downtime. That's so good. Tell, tell me about the favorite country you've visited so far. Oh no. <laughs> um, I think it's a toss right now between Prague and Spain. Um, Prague because the people are just so friendly and it's so cheap and Spain because the people of Spain are my spirit animal. They don't wake up early. They party late at night and life is just casual. Siestas. siestas, Yes. And um, I went to Spain for the first time last year and I just fell in love with it. I thought I could definitely move back here. So uh, when my kids are done with school, I plan on taking off a couple years and traveling Europe and just kind of living over there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great people. The Europeans are, they know how to have fun. Yep. So, so true. Tell us about how you got into tech. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, I started off, I actually have two degrees in accounting. I have a master's degree in accounting and um, I, I really got into tech, I would say seventh, eighth year of doing accounting where I was tasked with automating manufacturing processes for the company I was working with. Um, I was their CFO and they're just, it was a very manual process. And so in order to automate it, I had to learn crystal reports, um, which led me to take a crystal reports class. And I learned SQL database while I was doing that. That led into building reports for GP. At that time I was doing Dynamics GP and led into creating SQL reports and crystal reports. And when I actually left Florida, I had the choice of between going back to private accounting um, which, you know, I've been doing for a while or going into consulting. I had two different job offers that I was really considering. And at that point, I decided to get into consulting and uh, started off with Interdine Artists in Charlotte and uh, worked with an incredible group of people at that time at Artists. And uh, a lot of people helped train me. A lot of it was self-teaching. And I never looked back. I Now I look at accounting jobs and I'm like, I could never do it again. <laughs> and I have two degrees in it. But the good part about doing business applications is we get to use our accounting knowledge a lot. So that's been yeah, helpful. So, so true. How did you then, I take it Business Central is your focus nowadays. How did that journey come? Because you said G- GP, Great Plains before. How has that journey been woven for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I started with GP back in 2001 and, um, and rode that for a very long time as a user and then also as a consultant. And, uh, and then started selling it. Um, but I would say, gosh, it's been five years now. At that point, that's when Microsoft was starting to, you know, say we're going to take Nav up to the cloud. We're going to start this cloud software. And of course, everyone in the GP world was like, no way. They can't do it. I don't think it's possible. Um, and they had a struggle. It was it was quite a struggle. But the, the reality came to light really when GP just wasn't selling anymore. You know, everybody was starting to look at NetSuite and the cloud and, and uh, Microsoft really came out with a bang with Business Central. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic product. And I actually self-taught myself Business Central. Um, 
I went to directions that, that fall and uh, came back and just was like, okay, here's everything I need to demo. I'm going to teach myself how to do it. Very rough. <laughs> and then, then when I became good enough to, to sell it and demo it, then I hired an expert who had been doing that for about 18 years. And he really helped uh, teach me and kind of get me over that hurdle. And now I've been doing it for four years and definitely not an expert compared to the people who've been doing it for 18, 20 years. Um, I think you can never be an expert at this software because it continually changes, but it's been fun. Yeah, it's a fun product. Are you seeing or, or have you seen a move in the market from those traditional business central, sorry, not the business, the, business, the GP customers, are you seeing them now either move to business central or are they going NetSuite way or are they just sitting on the, what they have? I know, I know I'm pretty sure Microsoft's still maintaining, they're just not releasing new new tech, right, in that space? Yeah, it's that's a it's a great question because um, I'm actually writing a blog series on this this year on, you know, the comparisons of GP and BC and why BC is a better product. Um, I love GP, um, but the fact is, is that the, the versions of SQL that some of the customizations can't run on now, the limitations of VPN and working in a remote and cloud world, I think that's really kind of driven a lot of IT people to kind of evaluate. Um, I will say that there's partners who were doing GP before that aren't necessarily doing just BC. Um, I, I know some partners are doing NetSuite, some are doing Intact, some are doing, you know, Acumatica. Um, I, I do see a lot more IT guys who have GP that are wanting to do like an RFQ or an RFP process to kind of do an evaluation to make sure it's a good product. Um, we also have the diehard GP folks who are just like GPs never going away, including the consultants, which is fine. Um, you know, I, I have people running on very, very old versions of AX as well and other products It happens. Um, but, but the reality comes that, um, you know, we're, we're in a security company. And one of the big concerns that we have with people staying on-prem is that as your SQL Server version becomes out of date um, and you don't want to pay for an upgrade and so you're on outdated software, all of a sudden you're not getting your security patches, um, your, your servers become more vulnerable. And actually Microsoft Cloud is, you know, double, triple the security level of any VPN RDP server that you can put out there. Um, so I think a lot of on-prem folks, you know, the IT folks, especially maybe not the accountants are starting to look back and say, is this the more secure thing? Is it the most productive thing? And maybe we need to make that switch. So um, it's a good time to get in because Microsoft's offering so many promotions from people to get from GP or AX or NAV onto the cloud. Um, so it's probably the best time for you to make it before they just get rid of those promotions. And So true. One of the questions I get a lot from folks are, you know, they're thinking of switching careers and they, and they are going, is, is Dynamics 365 going to be here for a while? Um, and that's the whole suite of products or is the power platform going to be around for a while? Or like could, if I committed to a career now, could I at least do 10 years in the space? Now, you know, you've talked about being 20 odd years in the space. I've been 18 years in the space, but for fresh people coming in, what would you tell them in that situation? Gosh, if I was in my 20s and I could get in on this wave of, um, of growth, and honestly, it is a huge growth. I mean, Microsoft's, you know, 200% year-over-year growth is, it's just crazy. You know, I wrote a blog about this, like, 
there's no software that's grown that fast, especially in the ERP world. The lack of people right now is a huge challenge. Um, and I think if you can get in right now and you can learn before the market gets saturated and before people get trained up, um, you've got work. Uh, it's funny, I do demos for Dynamics, you know, CRM and ERP, and I'll say, what people will say, well, how long will this last or be supported? I'm like, well, if you know what's beyond the cloud, and maybe now we know it's the metaverse. <laughs> I don't see us doing accounting in the metaverse. I'll just be honest with you. But what's beyond the cloud, right, Mark? I mean, you look at it and you're like, this is it. I, I don't see Microsoft taking 20,000 customers ever off this product. I don't see it slowing down. And I don't see the lack of people ever slowing down either because, you know, the pop, the product's amazing. It's popular and we need more people to learn it. So, um yeah, it's interesting. Last year, I think I saw an analyst report saying it was $4 billion in revenue to Microsoft a year. And that was kind of at this, well, it was, that was from based on data kind of at the start of the pandemic. And of course, you and I know Microsoft share price over the pandemic has gone through the roof and adoption, et cetera. I wonder what that number is now, you know, whether it's leapfrogged again, it could be six plus billion. I know there's um, some much higher numbers that have been targeted to achieve in the space by Microsoft. So yeah, I- I'm totally in agreement. To get on in now is that you've got a, a long journey ahead that you could commit to, and and any training, certification, any kind of on the hand on the job type skills that you develop will set you in good stead for years, right? Yeah, and Microsoft. You know, uh, we were at Directions NA last week um, for Business Central and CRM, and they said they can't even get the give the customer numbers anymore because now it's become a material dollar amount um, as far as you know profit goes and what they have to report. And so they're like, it's so big we can't say it anymore. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, now it's now it's making yeah, a dent. Yeah, so. it's exciting. It's exciting. Recommendations to people um, around the MVP program. You know, what's been your experience coming into the MVP program? And is there any recommendations you'd have for others? Oh, gosh. I think um, find your tribe within the MVP community. You know, I have such a close group of friends and business applications that I can go to for anything. I mean, if I have an issue with software if I need help professionally, if I need a speaker, if I need a technical person, whatever the case may be, um, my group within the MVP channel really has just changed my life um, because they're all professionals. They're all amazing people. But if you're like trying to become an MVP, then I recommend following all the MVPs on Twitter, follow their blogs, um, get to know them. You know, that was a part of what I did is I got to know who's doing this, what are they doing, following their pattern. There's some people who have been doing this a lot longer than I have that are amazing and they're very good. Um, and then I just say, you know, reach out to the community, get as much as followers as you can and just enjoy teaching because really that's what this is all about. It's about community and teaching and, um, you know, the outreach of the products. I think a lot of people do it because they want a title or they think this is some kind of paid promotion or, because I did this job. It's really just you have to have a passion or else, you know, there's no there's no point in doing it. Um, and I think everyone I know that's in my group, we're just very passionate about it. We love the product. We love the platform. So it's very cool. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guide. Thanks again and see you next time.